I have been so excited to share my next guest with you. I know you're going to love her. You're going to love everything that you walk away with from this episode. And it's going to give you confirmation that you are doing things so well in your family already. And it's going to re-energize you to keep going forward, keep laying your foundation the way you want to, and just keep building that family. A little bit counterculture maybe from what the world would say, but to just know that you are on the right path. My next guest is Amy Rayner from Etiquette with Amy. She grew up in Atlanta, Georgia and spent the best four years of her life on the plains as an Auburn Tiger where she obtained a master's degree in early childhood education. She spent five years teaching in Atlanta and 15 years teaching at Crestline Elementary in Mountain Brook. In 2015, she retired from her teaching career and started a business called Etiquette with Amy, where she teaches in-person and virtual etiquette classes for boys and girls ages four through high school. After more than 20 years of teaching etiquette classes, Amy says, I love teaching children some of the basic rules of etiquette, but I know that helping them develop their inside character is what matters most. I want to join with parents in helping children understand that while it is important to know how to act in social situations, nothing can replace kindness, compassion, and gentleness. She began working on developing a curriculum that integrated etiquette and the character qualities found in Colossians 312. Her hope is that each lesson will help children and teens learn the basics of proper etiquette while also helping them incorporate these qualities in their lives. In addition to teaching weekly etiquette classes for children and tweens, Amy writes articles for magazines and speaks to groups of all ages. She has even appeared on ABC's The Bachelor to teach an etiquette lesson. Amy and her husband Jay live in Mountain Brook, Alabama. They have three college-age daughters and two shaggy dogs. Come along, friend. Let's grow. You know those days where you just feel so overwhelmed and tired from all the busy and you just want to multiply the time you do have to create more time for intentional words and family dinners and quality time together? And do you just need to know that you really can keep your family close and your faith strong in today's world? Welcome to Families That Stick Together. Just step right over the random pile of clothes, turn right past the paper still out from last week's school project, maybe don't look at the sink, and make yourself at home, friend. I'm your host, Jennifer, wife to my high school sweetheart, mama four, and creator of Together Moments, where we took our same worries and figured out the answer to slowing down, keeping family time a priority, and creating deep connection through solid communication, even among all the busy. The answer is to gather moments, and we want to come alongside your family as you lay your foundation. If you're ready for time to slow down, intentional moments to overflow, and all of this to feel easy in your real life, then welcome, friend. With your laundry, your running shoes, or your cup of coffee, I can't wait to spend my time with you. And now my mom, her favorite sauce from Chick-fil-A is Polynesian, Jennifer Zambio. And all you Chick-fil-A sauce lovers out there, don't hate on me. I like the Chick-fil-A sauce also. But if they're all in front of me, I'm going for Polynesian first. Amy, welcome to Families That Stick Together. I am so excited to have you here today. When I found you on Instagram, I knew that you were somebody I wanted to definitely meet myself and share with our Together Circle and our audience So welcome today. 
Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. And we have had a little difficulty recording this, so I'm especially grateful for you for making time to do this on a second day when we were having some technical <laughs> problems. So just know how grateful I am. Absolutely. Now, obviously, I'm a big fan of yours for a lot of reasons, but you believe in communication skills as a powerful tool to build character in our children. Amy, share with us your journey from being a kindergarten and elementary teacher to your business, Etiquette with Amy. All right. Well, my this little business that I have is certainly not really something that I planned to do. I love children. I love teaching. I began in kindergarten. I taught one year in second grade, and then I taught for 20 years in third grade. And I love being in the classroom. I used to teach manners classes as an after-school activity for third grade girls only. And I did that just as a little source of supplemental income when I was a teacher. And I did it once a year in February for every Wednesday in February. And the little girls would come to my house and I would teach my classes. I, in 2010, was diagnosed with lupus. And a couple of years after that, my doctors really urged me to step away from my classroom teaching job. And so I did, and I really focused on my health and um, trying to get back sort of to a baseline level. And after I did that, it took about two years for me to do that. I really, really miss teaching. I miss being in the classroom. And, um, and so I thought about ways that I could take my gifts, which I knew were classroom teaching, classroom management, connecting with children, and this little etiquette class that I had taught for so many years. And I blended those together and I started writing curriculum for ages four all the way through eighth grade. And so I have lots of different programs and then I, I started this business. So when people ask me how I started this or how I got to this point, um, I really like to say, you know, I think that God used something that I saw was a huge negative, which was lupus that really, really limited what I was able to do physically and mentally. And um, he took me from what I thought was best for me, which was being a classroom teacher, into what he knew was best for me, which is still getting to use my gifts and teach, but doing it on a much more scaled down level. So that, that's how I got to this point. Ah, thanks for sharing that with us, Amy. I know that you know, sometimes we can sit on the other end here and hear these stories on Pike and Pike or see these people starting these businesses and, oh, they're living out their dream or whatever. And it's, it's, there's so much more behind it. And we can see God's hand in so many people's stories. And I appreciate you sharing that because it's not what you set out to do. It's not what you would have seen with your life, I'm sure. But what a beautiful way to to really praise God in the moment of, well, I guess this is this is my journey, but you've given me these gifts. Show me how to use them in a different way. So thank you for that. Absolutely. And it's not you don't reach that spot easily. Um, I didn't. And I think the you know, the phrase that people say all the time and it sounds so cliche, but truly it really is applicable for me in this is bloom where you're planted and. You know, that is where I was in my life. And I didn't bloom quickly. I, I was sad. I was lonely. Um, I felt like I'd lost my purpose. 
all of those things. And I didn't feel well on top of all that. You just, I felt rotten. But when I was able to get more of a God view and a better perspective, and it took about two years for me to fully work through all of that, I really do feel like I'm blooming where I'm planted. And when I look back, I think, oh, I'm so glad this is where I'm planted. This is perfect for me and perfect for my family stage of life right now. So. Oh, what a, what a beautiful testimony there. And I appreciate you saying, like, saying, no, this, this wasn't easy to get to, right. to this place or this perspective because it's not, it's truly a journey. And I, uh, I love that you said bloom where you're planted because mm-hmm. what, what a reminder for us, even in every season of motherhood that we're going to be planted in different places at different times. And Right. You have to trust that's where you're supposed to be. Exactly. So one of the things that you bring, you bring your faith into so much of your business. And I know it really is the foundation for that. But you say this quote, I love teaching children some of the basic rules of etiquette, but I know that helping them develop their inside character is what matters most. I want to join with parents in helping children understand that while it is important to know how to act in social situations, nothing can replace kindness, compassion, and gentleness. I know this is based on Colossians 3.12, and as a parent, first, I want to say thank you for making this a pillar of your business, but also tell us how you believe etiquette is tied to building virtue in our children. Absolutely. And I usually start off the class and the, you know, I've been doing this now, teaching these classes for 26 years now. A long time ago, though, when I started, the children were watching Little House on the Prairie, just like I did when I was a child. And some of these children still have watched reruns of Little House on the Prairie. But there was a character on Little House on the Prairie named Nellie Olson. And Nellie's family owned a little town store and, you know, we're the wealthiest family in their little town. And Nellie Olson, when you looked at Nellie Olson on the outside, she looked very put together. Her hair was beautifully done. She always had the prettiest dress of anybody. And she always said, yes, ma'am, and no, sir. And and on the outside looked like Nellie Olson had the best manners of the crowd. But really, when adults' eyes were off and the viewers were able to see how Nellie interacted with her friends at school, Nellie was the meanest, snarkiest little girl in the whole school. And so I show a picture of Nellie Olson and we actually talk about, you know, we can look a certain way on the outside and act a certain way to other people, but really it is what is on the inside that counts. And when those children can see an actual physical representation of that and say, oh yeah, I remember what Nellie did on the playground when the teacher wasn't looking and all of that. I think they're able to connect that to really it's your inside that matters the most. That's what makes you beautiful. I believe that practicing etiquette gives children practical ways to implement the virtues in Colossians 3.12. Um, I talk about etiquette having two parts, really. How we present ourselves, but also how we treat other people. And you've got to have a great blend of both of those things to truly, I think, to truly honor God with how we how we act and treat others. I I think that's such a great um, a tool for us to say as parents even is constantly remembering what's on the inside and what's on the outside. And that sounds silly and like, yeah, of course we're doing that as parents. But do we stop long enough to notice that? Because 
I think talking about the uh, Little House on the Prairie thing is so true. And I remember that character. And I I think any of us could even think of those real life characters exactly. in our lives, right? So our, our children do understand that. And I, I always love to use, think of those situations that are teachable moments in, in daily life where you can highlight it. I remember when my kids were little and my oldest two are 18 months apart and, you know, two under two was a lot. And I remember taking them to the grocery store. And if we heard any child crying or screaming or throwing a fit, I would try to find them and show my children. (laughs) Maybe it's not the best parenting (laughs) practice. I don't know, but we would talk about it and I would make a teachable moment out of it. Like, do you see how they're acting? And my children would think, Oh my. And were they angels? Of course not. But you have to pull out those moments. So I think that's fun. That Absolutely. You one of the ways, a lot of times parents will drop their kids off with me and and they say and it just makes me laugh that they'll say, oh, my gosh, whatever you're doing in your house with them, it's just magic because they come out. And what I've been telling them forever is finally clicking after they come to see you. How are you doing it? What are you doing? And really. It is a lot of what you just said. I truly believe that children have got to see what something looks like before they realize, oh, that's what it looks like when I do that, or that's what that sounds like. And so a lot of what I do, a lot of how I teach is completely through role play, and which makes my job so super fun because really I'm just acting things out for most of the time that children are with me, but we do. And what I what I would encourage your listeners to do with their children is do um, sort of a and I call it instead of a wrong way and a right way, I call it a thumbs down way or a thumbs up way. But do a thumbs down way, for instance, when I'm teaching children patience and I break down that patience, what does patience really mean? It means waiting without complaining, waiting for your turn without complaining, waiting for your mom, because there's one you can wait. But to wait without complaining, that's really patience. But we we act out a thumbs down way of trying to get our parents' attention. And then we act out. And so kids see what that looks like. Um, and then we act out a thumbs up way of waiting without complaining. So I think if you show your children, like you said, in the grocery store or showing them Nellie Olson's picture and a little clip on a TV show or any real life teachable moment, showing them what the negative looks like. And they can think, oh, yeah, that really is unbecoming or, oh, I didn't know it looked like quite like that. So, yeah, it's good. It's good for us adults too, right, to remind ourselves. Exactly. Is that how I look? I know. Mm-hmm. So I have I have a question. Did you use the thumbs up, thumbs down thing with your own children when they were little? Did you use it in your classroom or is it brand new? Because I, I like that. What a simple way to I've always used it in my classroom, but more, you know, I didn't have as much time in the classroom to bring, to weave these things in. And I remember as I always taught in a public school and I remember that I had to be careful, just, you know, I, I did want to respect the public school stance that you really aren't going to bring your faith into the classroom. Um, But I remember I always wish when I would teach children these kind of things, just about being kind forgiving. I mean, when you put 20 
little seven and eight year olds in one room, there are gonna be endless opportunities every day to show compassion when someone falls and hurts themselves, to show patience when someone is taking longer because maybe they don't know the skill as quickly as you do, to practice forgiveness because someone broke your favorite crayon, for all of these things. And I had to be a little sneaky about how I wove those things into our conversations. But I always remember thinking, oh, if I ever got to an opportunity, which is where I am now, but where I can be free about saying these things, it just makes more, much more sense because I am able to say, you know, this is really how God teaches us to treat other people. This isn't my idea. This is God's idea. And this is, he puts it, he even wrote it down for us in case we forget, we can go back and look at it. Colossians 3.12. This is how he calls us to treat other people. And it's not just for children. And I tell, and that is why that's one of the things I even write in my bio on my website is, Amy needs this reminder every single day herself. I haven't mastered this. You can ask my husband. He'll tell you I haven't mastered it. But, and, and none of us have. So I do always want to be so upfront with families and parents to just say, look, I'm with you in this and I'm beside you in this. What I may have that you don't is just a little more experience in working with children. But anyway, I, I do think that those character qualities are are really what are at the foundations, the bottom foundation of of, of etiquette. Mm, so do I. And I have no doubt you fully taught the gospel to the children you taught, mm. if whether you well, spoke the words or not, right? Exactly. Thank you. So, uh, so not only do you teach the character qualities of Colossians 3, but you also design your classes to develop the quality of leadership through etiquette, respect, and kindness. Share with us how you've seen the fruits of this in your students or in your own children. Yes, the way that I see the fruit of this is really through parents coming back and telling me examples of my child did this and before they spent time with you, this was something that we were lacking in. Or before they came to your classes, this is something that was really a squishy spot for them. And now they're they're stepping into that. One of the things, um, as far as developing leadership, I tell them a story about a little girl who was one year older than I was when I was growing up and how I always looked up to her. And looking back, she wasn't the smartest person in our class or in our school. She was, again, one year older than I. Um, she wasn't the most, most athletic. When I look back from an adult perspective, the thing that made me look up to Christy was that she was friendly, she, she was inclusive, but she was a leader and she was like a magnet to other people. But the reason she was such a magnet was because of how she treated others. So I, I share that and I tell kids, you know, anybody can be a leader. I, I think a lot of times children's view of the people that they looked up to is somewhat skewed because they're looking up to maybe the person who excels the most or who has the most fun, whatever the newest thing is on the playground. And that's really that's really not what makes a strong leader. Um, a strong leader is trusted. A strong leader is someone that you can confide in. Uh, a strong leader is someone who's kind to everybody and people watch that and think, wow, I wish that I was secure enough in myself to be able to do that. So de helping develop leadership skills in children isn't something that I can teach in one class. It's really a mindset that you begin 
to help your children develop, in my opinion. And that happens repeatedly. I think that's why what you do is so fabulous, because these children come to me for a, a regular class that I teach is three sessions long. And they come to me for three consecutive Sundays or three consecutive Mondays, whatever the class, whenever it meets. And I'm able to give them these tools. I put things on content cards that go home so that the parents can implement these tools. But coming to me isn't magic. And um, I also develop my class so they can come when they're in kindergarten. They can come back for another dose in first grade, a different class in second grade, all the way through sort of stair steps up to different levels of classes. So I am able to remind them of these skills. But truly, the conversations that they have around the dinner table and the conversations that parents have driving someone from one practice to another, that's where the true leadership building happens. And again, hearing parents tell me, oh, these things are finally sticking, it's really not anything that I've done. I may give them a different perspective or a new tool to use to put in their toolbox of parenting skills, but it takes an entire group of people that comes around to support this one little family. Things that I might say that maybe resonate, things that you've written on these cards, all of these things are what really helps develop these leaders, these little leaders. I feel like I, sh I could have so many follow-up comments to this. Uh, I would say what a gift that your classes do bring out this leadership because this makes me think right now a challenge to anyone listening would be to have this conversation with your children and just say, what's a leader look like to you? Because you can dive so deeply into that. Like you were saying, the leader isn't always the person who's the loudest or who always excels on the basketball court on the playground or raises their hand first in class or whatever. And I think our our children can have that. Who knows what lens they're looking through, really, because of their life experiences. And if we're sending them to school for seven hours a day, we don't know what's shaping them and their view of that. And it's just a good reminder that Let's talk about what our child even thinks a leader is before we right. say, hey, go be a leader today. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Thank you for your comments about what Together is doing for families. But I, I agree with that part that, you know, it, it's the constant conversations coming up, but it's also creating these moments in our day, like you're doing in your class, where you kind of, you're not tricking <laughs> the, our children to learn these other things, but you're setting things up where they're naturally going to be working on those virtues and yes. seeing that these values are important for long-term benefits in our lives, not just because someone says you should be patient or you should exactly. be a leader. And, you know, that's why I think smaller moments are so important as do you obviously is because so much can be packed into that and built upon when we use those those moments in time the right way and really capture our words in the way that we want to speak them to our children and absolutely so i think we could talk about all the different etiquette rules you teach and i would say real quick that maybe when 
our listeners heard you were talking about etiquette that are we going to learn where to put the fork on, you know, (laughs) it goes on the left side and you want to use your outer salad fork first or whatever. And those things are all important and definitely part of your classes. (laughs) And I would maybe like to schedule something with you where we do a rapid fire questions and you tell us those answers. Maybe before the holidays, we could do that. Oh, fun. I love that. For fun, good manners. But I want you to tell us about your classes, Amy, because many of us will need to rely on virtual classes if we aren't near you in Alabama. So what can we expect our children to learn? How's this going to impact our family, which you talked about a lot, but I'd love for you to talk about this with us. Absolutely. Well, as far as my virtual classes, I teach a lot of the same concepts virtually that I teach in my in-home classes. I have classes virtually um, on first impressions, on table manners, on gratitude, expressing verbal gratitude. So anyway, those are all available, just short snippets, maybe 15, 20 minute classes. Um, I also have a full program for girls in grades two through six that is filmed. I had six little girls come into my house and had it professionally done so that parents can watch those at home with their daughters and have some discussion around those classes. And that is parallel to my four week class that I do for, for girls here in my house. Just like Amy said, godly virtues are at the foundation of etiquette. I know that you want godly virtues to be at the foundation of your home, too. I also know that it's a hard balance with the chaotic days and where do we squeeze it all in. And we also both know that something is going to grow our children's and our family's morals and values. Who's it going to be? Who are we going to let into their lives and how are we going to make sure that we stay up with this? It is going to be you. You can confidently feel like this is going to be you. I know it is not easy. I know that the time just doesn't magically pop up, but when you have a tool right at your fingertips that carves out the time for you, you can make it happen even in those days that feel so overwhelmed and like you're drowning because you have your meaningful words right there to grab at any time to spark the most beautiful conversation with your family, to build those virtues and those morals and values and you do it all by yourself. You do it with the time you already have and you use your to gather stickers or your to gather placemats or your note cards because they are like armor for your family to create those moments that our busy days don't naturally hand to us. If you are ready to have a system that works where you are the full influence over your children and family, bring home your Together Moments products at togethermoments.com and create even more intentional moments to help strengthen your family and faith. This bonus question with Amy comes to us from our placemats to gather together. This is in a sticker shape on the placemat and this one says, What always makes you nervous? Brainstorm some ways you could be less nervous about this. For today, Amy, I'd just love to hear what makes you nervous. What would you talk about with your family? One of the things that makes me nervous is, and I know this sounds silly, um, whenever I'm invited to a dress up party, to like costume party, either at Halloween 
or sometimes our ladies golf tournaments have dress up parties the night before the golf tournament. And I get very excited about dressing up and I get all into it. And then I get in the car on the way to the event. And right before I walk in the door, I get super nervous that I've gone over the top and nobody else has. And that I'm gonna walk in and be the only person that's really truly decked out in their costume. So that's my, that's what makes me nervous right now. That's so cute. Okay, so I have to ask then, do you talk to your friends about what they're wearing before? I do. We, we talk about it, and usually we dress up as a group, but I still am nervous. Even knowing that there'll be somebody else that's in my group, I feel like our group probably went overboard. When I teach things, I do want to teach them where to put the fork and that the salad fork is on the outside and the dessert utensils are at the top, and we do go through the basics of etiquette that most people would think. So, but it let's so let's take that table manners lesson for instance. I teach all of those things the salt and pepper are passed together. And again, all of it is through role play, tearing off your bread one bite at a time and buttering each bite one bite at a time. We teach all of that, but at the same time, I weave in things like at the end of the meal, what do we do? And we talk about showing gratitude and helpfulness in just one little concise statement. Thank you so much for my dinner. May I be excused? We're grateful when we're saying thank you. We're being helpful by when we're excused, we actually take our plate to the sink, rinse it, put it in the dishwasher. I even practice rinsing a plate. Practice this with your children. It makes it fun. Set up a little role play, take a plate, and you teach them what is most helpful to you. Is it more helpful for them? Sometimes it is. Just to pile them up on the side and you're the one who rinses and loads the dishwasher. If you're a little OCD like I am, you might prefer to load your own dishwasher. But if you want the whole kit and caboodle done, teach your child how to rinse the plate, where to put their fork, how to put their plate in the dishwasher. But so while, yes, I'm teaching all of the true basics of proper etiquette, I also want to bring in helpfulness, gratitude. We make it a little game if you've gone out to to a meal. Before you get in your car, make sure that you have turned and looked in the eyes of the person who paid for the meal and just say, thank you so much. That was so yummy or whatever you want to say. And again, these things take time. It's not a just we do it one time. This is something I practice repeatedly over and over as they come to my house throughout these lessons. Uh, but they are. They're fun to do virtually. I do have those offerings and they're $22 a lesson. And I ask for people to buy those and share them with all the children that live in their household. So you don't have to buy separately for each child. Enjoy that as a family. And for any of your listeners who might want to try one of my lessons, they can find it under virtual lessons and they can use the code friends and receive $5 off of any of the virtual lessons that I offer. So with those virtual lessons, I also send a PDF content sheet that they can print off that has some of the follow-up, just reminders of what I covered in the lesson. One of the things that I also like to do for families is to, and I would encourage you, you can make your own of these, but I also have them that you can print, you can purchase for $7 on my website. And honestly, that friend's discount will, uh, $5 off will work on the PDF downloads as well. So you're getting these for $2. But I have little checklists that I've already created, like a table manners checklist. And I feel like for kids, whatever you're working on that week or month, 
in your household, if you'll add a checklist to it and put it on your refrigerator, keeping that visually in front of the children, it's such an easy thing to keep it in circulation because we all know that once we have a really good conversation, but then we walk away from that conversation and another day starts, we sort of forget what we're focusing on. So let's bring that back into our focus Put a checklist on the refrigerator so that you can direct your children. Hey, look at this. I have a helpfulness checklist, ways to be kind in the classroom checklist, all of these things. So if you keep that visually in the forefront of your family's minds and in your conversations, then I think that that helps your kids too. Well, I am so excited to jump in the, to these myself. I'm planning to dive into a couple of these courses in a few weeks when soccer season ends around here and I have more of my children in those after school hours. I think what sounds so effective to me as you're talking is that it's not coming from mom all the time. It's not coming from dad. It's it's coming from Mrs. Rayner and she right. is telling us, reminding us what is true, what I know is true and, and Oh, she's saying the same things mom's been telling me. I guess they're true, right? Exactly. And <laughs> I think that's very effective. And I would guess that your parents are seeing the fruits in their homes a lot because of that. And they're appreciating you, you reminding them of the same thing and learning new things. Because I remember taking etiquette classes. We would have etiquette speakers come into our sorority in college and mm-hmm. That was so neat. I remember some of those little tips and don't apply your lip gloss while you're at the table. Go to the restroom to do that. Right. (laughs) But I remember those little things. Well, I taught a private lesson um, for a brother and a sister last week. And at the end of my private lessons, I have the parents come in for the last 10 minutes. And I sort of pass the baton of what we learned that day to the parents in front of the children basically say, you've been doing this so well with me. I want your parents to kind of be in on our little secret and y'all can practice it until you come back next week. And um, this particular boy was in second grade and I had taught him how to shake a hand. And, you know, I break down the handshake, the proper handshake into this part of your hand is called the web and your web touches my web like a puzzle piece. It fits together perfectly when you have a good firm handshake. And so we talked about the handshake and I had him shake hands with his daddy and his dad looked at me and he said, and then he looked back at his son. He said, I want you to know you're in second grade and the things that you've learned from Miss Amy today in second grade are the things that I learned when I finished business school. And we had an etiquette teacher come in as the polishing cloth on the end of our business degree. And so the earlier that you start to teach your children these things, Just like you said, you had an etiquette class in college. If you start teaching your daughters the lip gloss, we go to the restroom to brush our hair, to do lip gloss, to put our hair up in a hair tie, any of those things, they become habits because kids are able to practice them now. And I just think our children are better off. We're going to have more confident children, kinder children, people who, you know, and I talk about, yes, when there's a bread basket in front of us, We start it by pulling it in towards us and turning to the person on the side of us. Would you like a piece of bread? That's showing kindness before we're taking care of ourselves. So these kind of things become habits and these children are going to be able to walk into any situation a little more confidently when they learn them at a younger age. 
Mm-hmm. So well said. And manners have so many good side effects from them mm-hmm. in our lives for lack of better words, right? Like just teaching manners is not a lost art. It's not for no reason. You can see the results of people born without manners and it has a ripple effect on, it really does on their character and everything that you're saying. I think you're brilliant to already be guiding our children through your lessons with the faith foundation, but that it actually it it just fits together so perfectly anyway, like the web of our hands when we shake hands, right? (laughs) Exactly. And I think that's really cute. I was picturing that little boy, boy, his dad's hand. I think that's such an empowering skill to teach children at a young age as well. Yeah. I think that one of the things, if parents said to me, you know, you're in Alabama, of course I can't come to a live class. And I've watched your virtual options, but what else can I do to keep these things in circulation? You know, do you have any other ideas? I would just say to really connect with kids, try to connect with kids visually. Again, acting things out, the teachable moments, the grocery store idea that you had earlier. Um, When I teach kids about a handshake, I go around and shake everybody's hand. And I would say that usually my classes have 12 children in them. 10 of the 12 give me just such a limp little handshake. And I actually have a rubber fish that I ordered on Amazon and I bring out that rubber fish and shake it and visually they connect to it. When I brought that rubber fish out in that private lesson in front of the family, the dad immediately, i had already told the children about a dead fish handshake and how people actually call it a dead fish handshake when you (laughs) are limp. But the dad, the minute I brought the fish out, he went, oh, my gosh, the dead fish. And I said, yes. And so that is visually connected. And he looked at his child almost like he was super excited. It had brought him back to his master's degree day when his etiquette teacher had taught him what it feels like to have a dead floppy fish handshake. Any little things that you can connect visually with your children will stick in their heads for years to come. Ah, thank you for that. And I have no doubt you are absolutely in the right place using all your giftings perfectly. I I just think you are impacting so many families. What a beautiful way to to share your thank gifts you. and have a business. And I I love that you now. Who would know thank just you. looking at a website, Etiquette with Amy, that it would be full of so much goodness to bring to families. Well, Thank and this, you for that. this is a little fun fact you may or may not know, but, and it does, and this is, you know, I'll close with this as a little encouragement. If anybody is going through a, a rough time, which a, a group of listeners, you always have somebody who's going through something that they certainly wouldn't choose if they scripted it themselves. And again, when I look back to 2010 to 2014, when I was just grappling with what am I supposed to be doing now? My whole life is coming to a screeching halt what I was built for and meant for, which is to be a teacher, that's over now, you know, and to circle back to what I said at the beginning, God moved me out of what I thought was best. He really moved me into a better place where he could use me to connect with more people. In my classroom, in my four walls at Crestline Elementary School in Mountain Brook, Alabama, I worked with 20 families a year. I really am able to work with so many more families a year. I probably work with 60 families a month now. 
but as as a fun fact, three years ago, I was just minding my own business and I got a phone call and it was from a producer in Hollywood, California, who said, is this Amy Rayner? Yes, it is. Anyway, long story short, they were, uh, she was a producer for The Bachelor on ABC. And a lot of, of y'all know what The Bachelor is, and it certainly doesn't sound as if it lines up with my core values um, of my business. And I work with children. These are people who are dating on national television, trying to find their spouse, blah, blah, blah. But she said, we're in the very final stages of filming our next season, and we're coming to Birmingham this weekend with one of our final contestants. She will be introducing The Bachelor to her family. She has requested, as her date idea, a private etiquette lesson. And we would like to hire you to teach etiquette on The Bachelor. Well, very quickly, I said, well, may I have a few minutes to think about this? I called a pastor friend of mine in Atlanta who I had grown up with, and I just said, give me your take on this. You know, Colossians 3.12 is the bedrock of my business. People are in and out of a hot tub, half naked, and string bikinis on The Bachelor. I teach children, this blah, blah. And he said, Amy, you have an opportunity to be in front of 32 million viewers and say anything that you would like. And I think that God could use you. You know, they're not asking you to come on and endorse some of the activities that happen on this show. They're actually asking you. They're like begging you, asking to hire you to bring a light into a dark environment. And we're called to be salt and we're called to be light. And I think God has given you this incredibly fun opportunity, actually, to come into a darker environment and bring some light. And they let me, they gave me two hours and the cameras rolled for two full hours. And I was able to say anything that I wanted to say. And I was able to bring some of God's truth into that. And it was such, you know, I looked back at that and I laughed. And I, even if I look back in my journals, I think, God, you're funny. You're really funny that I thought that those four walls at Crestline Elementary School were where I was the most effective, but you knew I'm going to take this little teacher from Birmingham and I'm actually going to reroute her into something that did it touch other lives? Maybe it did. I don't know. Was it super fun for me? Absolutely. Probably the top five fun things I've ever done in my entire life was getting to film on that show. So anyway, I encourage you that if you're in a rough spot and you think, oh, my purpose is over, I can't find my purpose, I promise you God has something in store for you. And sometimes he'll even weave some fun into it. And that's what he did for me. Oh, I think that story is so amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I knew you were on there, but I didn't know how it transpired and what great advice from your friend. I'm so glad you did that too. Very cool. I need to see the um, clip sometime. You'll have yeah, to. Yeah, so I'll send you the clip and I'll also video. tell you that everything on there, most of what I would, they did let me do two full hours, but at the end, they had me do 20 negative facial expressions and 20 negative comments. And I said, oh, goodness, why are we doing this? And they said, because we want to splice these in to make it a good TV segment. And we want it to look like you weren't pleased with what Colton was doing. I said, but I was. And they said, well, it won't make good TV. So it's not truly the real Amy, but there was a little spot in there and they kept it in and I appreciate it. Towards the end, it was asking, he was asking me for my advice if he talked to her parents and asked for her hand in marriage. And I was able to sort of use the umbrella of protection that I believe God does for families 
he gives the umbrella to the parents to hold over the children until they marry. And so I was able to use that and say that, and they kept that in. So to my friend's point, that was where I was able to be salt and light. Oh, to that. So, but a lot of what you see is um, spliced in. So you saw, um, you learned all about TV magic too. (laughs) Totally learned about TV magic. (laughs) Uh, This is such a great place to end. What a a fun story to share. Definitely good life lessons. So let's end with the question I ask every guest, Amy, what is one thing helping your family stick together right now? Well, I'm in a different stage of life than a lot of your listeners, but I've got three in college. And um, what helps us stick together right now is experiences. And it's a little more expensive when you've got children in college. You've got my husband and I ride together, but we're paying for three other tanks of gas. But we try to meet to celebrate birthdays right now. I've got one that's in Auburn and two daughters who are in um, North Alabama in Florence. And um, we try to gather to celebrate each person in our family's birthday and in a central location. And we also try to gather as much as we can during football season and bring everybody down to watch a game. So So who's who's your team? Is it Auburn or Alabama? Yes, we're Auburn Tigers. My husband grew up an Auburn fan. I went to Auburn. My son is at Auburn. So we're big Auburn fans. It's not going to be the most promising year together this year, but maybe we'll be surprised. (laughs) But I would say for right now, as um, I've got three college children experiences, we don't have many times around the table, but birthdays that we can celebrate or football games where we can do something that the, the older kids, the late teenagers and early 20s that they really enjoy. And that's something that they love. So we're doing that. Well, you just gave us all such fun things to look forward to as the seasons change and our children go into their next phases of life that we can all still be strong families and hold it together. And, you know, one thing that I would suggest, I think a lot of people say forced family fun and they laugh about that. And I think, I mean, I remember growing up, we had forced family fun for sure. And it was my mom trying to come up with an idea and her intent was so great. Her intent was to keep us together and keep our conversation going. But I do remember some of that as, oh, I don't want to play that game. I don't want to do that. But letting your kids plan the fun night together or, you know, for now we we do. We do football games or we do what the kids want. Um, I think when the kids are invested in it and it's something that they like, even my husband, he tries to do something, especially with our son, as an experience. What does he like? He wants to go snow skiing and that's not, it's an expensive thing to do, but saving up for something that we really can connect with, with your kids. Uh, and luckily my husband loves it too. But I remember as I was a little bit older and my mom was trying to connect with me as a college student or even beyond as a 20 something year old, she found what I wanted to do and would really fill my cup. And she would plan an experience around that, even if it wasn't something she wanted to do. So I'm not saying always cater your children, but I'm saying find their interest. And you're going to have some really great organic conversations when you're doing something that is filling your child's cup. Mm. And then, yeah, and it's so worth it. And 
so worth it in the long run. Yep. And that takes their gifts and lets it lets them share them with you in a different way when you plan exactly. it around them. Amy, this has been so fun. I I can't wait for everyone to hear from you. And just let's end with you telling us where our listeners can connect with you, learn from you. Uh, you shared the offer about using the code FRIENDS and how we help with classes. Absolutely. So if you wanted to use the code FRIENDS for $5 off any of the virtual classes or um, the downloads that I sell, you would find those on my website, which is etiquettewithamy.com. Under classes, there will be a virtual class link there. I really try to use my Instagram to help people who don't live nearby see what I'm doing. I mean, nothing that I'm doing is a secret. I would love for anybody to see anything on my Instagram and just try to use it with your families. Um, so if you want to connect with me on Instagram, I'm Etiquette with Amy. And I try to post reels on there often of showing parents what I'm doing in class. Hopefully you can see something that spurs your, you know, spurs you on to do something at home. A lot of the props and the things that I use, I buy at the Dollar Tree. But you'll be able to see on there, if you watch a reel, you'll be able to see how I put numbers on a dinner plate for children. And then one of those numbers is a different color and they know where to put their fork to signal that they're finished. Um, so all of those things, if you watch those 30 second reels, you're gonna be able to pick up some things to implement at your own house. So I think that's probably a great way to get some ideas as well. Um, and finally, like I said, I do have a program called Goodness and Grace. You can buy that online. When you go to my website, up in the top right corner, it says shop now. I sell placemats and I sell that virtual curriculum that is $69 a family. And if you watch it as a group, if you purchase it as a group, it is $399. So you can have a bunch of people go in together. And when you buy it as a group curriculum, I also give an 18-page facilitator's guide that helps someone lead that. So I've had Brownie Troops purchase that, go in together. I've had moms and daughters do it almost as a Bible study. And because I do give you cards to use, content cards come with it when you buy it as a $399 version as well. And so it can be used in a small group. I also, like I started off saying, I use this as my supplemental income. That 399 version is also designed for young teachers or moms to purchase and use it as a little cottage business to purchase it and then charge tuition and run it just like I run my classes here in my home. Oh, so you, it's like train the trainer? Train the trainer. And, ah, um, okay. you know, and I'm always available for email help on that. But for somebody who's trying to start a little business, it's basically a business in a box. I have given you the facilitator's guide with the role play ideas that I use, the questions I use, the little Dollar Tree giveaways that I give to drive the points home. Um, you get the content cards to print out and give the students after every week. And you can buy it for $399. And then the children come to you for four different sessions and you can charge tuition and really make your investment back with just four or five students. So it's a, it's something that I like to help people. And I, I think it's such an important message that's being taught through it. So that's oh, available yes, as well. absolutely. Well, I'm glad you shared that. I had no idea you did it that way. So for anyone listening out there, definitely contact Amy 
she or if you have a teacher that your child absolutely loves Ah. parents tell her about that offer for her to host it in your home and it's a way and literally that is what i did when i was a third grade teacher for so many years and it was my supplemental income and i was able to travel during the summer and you know i suggest charging a hundred dollars per child that comes that's 25 dollars per session per child what parent wouldn't want to pay $25 a week for their child for an hour. Basically, your child is being taken care of for an hour and they're learning some fabulous etiquette tips in an hour for $25 an hour. And when a young teacher can charge $100 for those four sessions, she is making up her investment with just four students. So it's and then it's hers to keep and do year after year. So I think that it's a great, great program if you've got a young teacher or even a parent who wants to do this. So many parents have teaching backgrounds and they would love to do this. Um, Open up your home and give it a whirl. I've had so many young moms purchase this because they want their daughters to do it and then they use it as a little source of income. Now I have so many ideas flying through my head. Okay, (laughs) (laughs) this is great. This is a great surprise at the ending. Fabulous, I'm so glad. Yes, it was so wonderful. Okay, Amy, thank you for being here. You oh, are one just... other thing. I do have an email list, yeah. and I'm not as good about I used to send out monthly emails and had all kinds of ideas in there. I need to get back to, I'm just going to be honest, I'm not really strong on that right now. But I have an email list that people can join, and when I get a little stronger, you may see some emails in your inbox. But you go to the bottom of my website, and at the bottom, I think you'll receive a free place setting download with it if you sign up for your email. But it's at the very bottom of my homepage on my website. Again, etiquettewithamy.com. Yes, and definitely connect with Amy. Amy, thank you for being here. This is such it, a Jenna. treat. Thank you so much. And thank you for what you're doing for families. If you love what you're gathering through these episodes, please screenshot, tag us, share with friends, and leave a review. It is the best compliment you can give us. It is so encouraging, and together we can help grow stronger families. Be sure to follow us at Together Moments on Instagram and Facebook. Leave us a DM. Check out all our incredible games and tools and your free family resources at togethermoments.com. As always, Take time to gather, together to grow, and speak the words that matter.